This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship. This morning we're celebrating the epiphany of our Lord, often marked by the visit of the wise men to the house where Jesus was sometime after his miraculous birth in Bethlehem. Epiphany is a season which shows forth Jesus, our Savior, as a Savior set not for some nor a few, but for all the world. May we worship him in spirit and in truth, even as those wise men did so long ago. Today's gospel reading in the words of our sermon text this morning, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was alarmed, and all Jerusalem with him. He gathered together all the people's chief priests and experts in the law. He asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, because this was written through the prophet, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are certainly not least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report to me so that I may also go and worship him. (coughs) After listening to the king, they went on their way. Then the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with overwhelming joy. After they went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Since they had been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. In the name of and to the unending glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed. We know relatively little about them, these wise men. We don't know how many there were. Only that there was more than one. They were wise men, not a wise man. We're never told their names. Our best guess is that they were what we might refer to as the the college professors or scientists of their day. Uh, Learned men who studied the wisdom of the ancients, maybe even astronomers. We don't know exactly where they were from other than what our text tells us, that they came from the east. Likely, they were from Babylon, maybe Persia. We don't know exactly how they stumbled upon this special star that appeared in the sky sometime after the Savior's birth at Bethlehem. What we do know is that somehow they became convinced that this special star was connected to the coming of a king a king who was to be worshipped. 
What we do know is that they dropped everything. I mean, completely put their lives on hold and started following that special star. And we do know that it led them first to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem and ultimately to the Lord Jesus. But those wise men found there had to have changed them filled them with an overwhelming joy. It likely changed the way that they looked at life from then on, and it certainly then changed their forever. Because that star that was leading them led them straight to the Savior who was born for them, for us, for the world. When they found Jesus, they no longer followed a star. They began to be followers of the star, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus referred to himself in the final chapter of the Bible like this. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. This morning, that bright star, our Savior Jesus, is revealed to us. He's a Savior sent for the world. So let's walk with those wise men for a bit here this morning and let's be overjoyed like they were to find what they found. Friend, let's Follow the star, and let's do so, first of all, with a faith that rests on God's word and promises. We're told here in our text that wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. It raises an important, interesting question. How was it that they knew to make the connection between this star and the birth of the king of the Jews who was to be worshipped? How did they make that connection? We don't know for sure. Some have guessed that these wise men were, in fact, from the land of Babylon. You'll remember that several hundred years before this, God's Old Testament people, the Jews, had been carried off in exile and spent about 70 years living there in Babylon. It's likely that pl plenty of the Babylonians, especially the wise and scholarly ones, would have become familiar with the religion of the Jews and, and all of the promises God made to them. Maybe then they became familiar with that prophecy that we heard in our first reading this morning from Numbers chapter 24, where a man named Balaam said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. And here in verse 2 of our text, the wise men said, we saw his star in the east. Not a star, not some star, but his star. I suppose it's possible that the Lord had appeared to these wise men in a dream or in a vision and had helped them to make the connection between that star and the birth of the world Savior. We know that the Lord appeared to them in, the dream, in a dream later, as we find out in the last verse of our text. But whatever the case, those wise men followed that star with a confident trust in the words and promises of God. Do we? You and I are blessed to have so much more information than those wise men did. They, we, we know all the sacred details. We know everything that happened all the way from Christ's conception to his ascension into heaven. We know why Jesus came to earth. 
We know that we are the reason that Christ came to earth before any of us were ever born. That king born in Bethlehem knew every single sin that you and I would someday commit before we committed any of them. Right? He knew about the evil desires that we've had before the thoughts even crossed our mind. He, he heard every foul word, every unkind thing that we've said about someone else before the words ever even came out of our mouth. He, he knew all the evil deeds that we would carry out before any of them were done. He knew what all of that evil and what all of that sin would do to us the guilt that they would bring, the curse they would put upon us, the way that they would fracture our relationship with a holy God. We are blessed to have so much more information than those wise men had. We know that Jesus, that bright morning star, came to clean up the mess that our sins had created. Not just by sweeping those sins under the rug, but by taking them away forever. We know how he offered himself up on the cross and died the death that we deserve to die. We, we don't just know about the cradle. We know about the cross. We know about Easter. We know about life. We know about heaven's coming glory. It's all here in God's word spelled out for us. It's what makes those wise men so impressive. They had relatively little information to go on and they weren't Jews, they were Gentiles, they were spiritual outsiders, if you will, and yet, in spite of all that, we see in them this driving determination to be following that star and to become followers of the bright morning star, Jesus. That is a great example for us today. Lord, give us a faith like those wise men. Lord, rid us of our spiritual laziness. Lord, rid us of our spiritual apathy. Rid us of our slowness to take you at your word and to trust in your promises and fill us with the drive and the devotion and the determination of those wise men as they stay fo stayed focused on that star, determined to follow it, keep us focused on you and following the Savior, the star of our salvation, no matter what. Follow the star not only with a faith that rests on God's word and promises, but with a faith that acts on God's word and promises. Because those wise men, you see, they weren't content to simply find this king of the Jews. They wanted to worship him. They, they said so. They said, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now please understand, that took a considerable amount of effort wasn't like they reached for the fob of their car and, and hit remote start and let it warm up, and then went out and opened up the garage door, backed out safely and drove 15 minutes to church. They traveled a considerable distance, maybe 500 miles or more, likely on camels. They were determined to act on God's word and promises. And it's striking what unfolds here in our text. Herod catches wind of the visit of these wise men and he does the logical thing initially. When he hears about one born as the king of the Jews, Herod consults with the religious experts, the leaders of his day. He asked them what the scriptures had to say about this and 
And he didn't ask that because he wanted to go and worship Jesus. He asked that question because Herod viewed Jesus as a threat to his rule, as a usurper of his throne, a challenge to his power. But here's the thing. Those religious leaders, while they rightly knew that the king's birth was promised in Bethlehem, while they rightly quoted that prophecy from Micah chapter 5 that's referred to in our text, they left it there. They didn't take any interest. They found no joy. They did nothing. Wouldn't you think that they would have looked at each other and slapped each other in the back and said, brothers, this is it. God made all of those promises in his word and now he has kept those promises and this one who has been born is the Christ, the promised Messiah. Let's go to Bethlehem. It's just six miles down the road. But they didn't. These scholars who knew the word so well were completely familiar with all of God's promises, but they take little interest. There's no excitement, there's no wonder, there's no joy. But how about those wise men? Don't you think the wise men could have come up with a thousand different reasons why it just wasn't a good time to hike hundreds of miles to go to Jerusalem? too far away, we're too busy at work, not a convenient time. They didn't make up any excuses. They just trusted what God had made known to them and they were eager to act on it. Nothing was going to stand in their way. Lord, give us a faith like that. We all know from our sad experience how Satan can fill us with all kinds of excuses to not come and worship the Savior. This is our one day off. Want to just sleep in this, this one day per week. We're too busy. We're too stressed. We've heard it all before. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too nice outside. We're upset about something that someone said or did at church or upset about something that someone didn't say or didn't do. And we know how Satan likes to keep us from acting, our from acting on our faith, keep us from following that bright morning star on a daily basis. We all know what it's like to try to ra rationalize to ourselves why it's okay for us to be committing this sin, to be living in some sin. We know how delighted Satan is when we refuse to let our light shine and when we let bitterness and anger keep us from loving others as God has commanded but see, the problem with all of that is when we hold on to those kinds of things, we make our worship and our lives of service all about us when it needs to be all about Jesus. He's the star of our salvation. And when they found Jesus, Matthew says they bowed down and worshiped him. I like to think of these men down on their knees, putting their nose in the dirt, honoring Jesus with their all. This wasn't a quick prayer that they mumbled by memory. This wasn't some hymn verse that they kind of half sang while looking at their watch, wondering if we're going to get out on time this morning. 
This was a worship that was fueled with humility and privilege and awe. They were in the presence of their king, their savior, and it filled them with a sense of holy joy and wonder. Lord, make us wise like that every time that we enter into your house and give you our worship. Then we're told they opened their treasures and offered him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They acted on their faith and gave gifts. Gifts. Not fees, not dues, not taxes, but gifts that they gave to honor this king. Not not to bribe him into loving them, not to try to get anything out of him, but gifts of uh, tokens of appreciation that he was the Savior sent for the world. Another new year has just begun. You know, as wise men and wise women who have been made wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, as we think about the greatness of his love and the gift of our salvation in him, what gifts will we bring to our king? Maybe we think immediately about our our thank offerings, our weekly envelopes. And rightly so, acting on our faith, we are filled with this holy desire to honor Jesus and to thank him for all that he's given us and all that he's done for us by returning to him a generous percentage of what he has blessed us with. But let's keep evaluating. Let's keep asking ourselves, are these gifts that I'm bringing, my gold, my frankincense, and my myrrh, or am I content to give Jesus the leftovers? And are they always given for the right reason, out of love and gratitude for the way that he's so thoroughly blessed me? But it's not just our offerings. It's our lives. It's not what, just what we do here for a couple hours on Sunday morning. It's about the way that we live out there in the world. We give of ourselves. Let's be about his work all week long. Let's be careful in the way that we live our lives. Let's be careful with the example that we set for our children and for others. Let's keep our eyes wide open for opportunities to be channels, vessels of his love and mercy, his kindness and grace. And let's be his witnesses. Let's help others to see this star of their salvation. Let's let's invite them, let's talk to them, let's love them, let's listen to them, and let's share the Savior with them. Let's extend invitations for them to come and hear the greatness of his salvation. You know, even though we don't know much about them, these ancient wise men were really remarkable. They traveled all that way following a star because they took God at his word. They trusted what he said. They trusted what he promised. And then they were blessed with a faith that wanted to act on it. They came and found Jesus and gave him their humble, willing worship and gave them gifts, their very best. May Jesus graciously grant every single one of us the same love, the same zeal, and that same determination as we follow him in faith and live our lives to his unending glory. That's wise. Amen.